0: Welcome to the Beck and Siri show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. I wanted to address a couple of things that I think are really, really important that have come up in the last week or so. One being... um, Marinda's comment about uh, not wearing a garment in the pool everyone knows you don't wear a garment in the pool was her exact comment Um, And she is sponsored by Garmin, and she's an amazing athlete and she uses it when she needs to and as needed basis But her comment was that we don't need to wear a garment in the pool or we all know that no one wears a garment in the pool So I'm going to address that tonight really quickly. And I'm also going to address a big question that came up when I posted about how long your long run should be for marathon and how to improve your marathon off the bike. Now that would also help with how to improve your marathon overall. So I'm going to address those two things today. Uh, I thought they were really, really important, and I wanted to make sure that you guys knew the caveats to, um, and not taking for gospel, uh, my little agreement with Rinnie about not wearing the garment in the pool. Um, I still stand by that. Siri stands by that. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of stuff to back that up, but I'm going to go over that really quickly first. So uh, you saw the post last week. It created so much um I guess, um, banter on social media, which is always a good thing. It can be a bad thing too, but it was a good thing. Um, And I just wanted to address it because I know that I kind of like um, probably irritated some age groupers that really rely on wearing their garment in the pool. Okay, firstly, we don't recommend it for our athletes at all unless there's certain things that we've decided that they're going to do as part of their swim workout, and I'll address those at the end. But um, the many reasons why we don't... (laughs) advocate for wearing a garment in the pool the first thing is that most people with garments they're the big chunky ones they're like wearing a freaking tv on your wrist they affect your stroke they affect your catch um they're just clunky and you do not see swimmers proper swimmers like people that swim um whether professional or not but real swimmers that can swim i'm talking like you know, semi-professional and professional swimmers, you Michael Phelps, yes, of course, he's someone that wouldn't wear a watch. But you also, if you guys look at the top swimmers in the sport of triathlon, and we don't need to have to mimic them all the time, but you should learn from them and immerse yourself in what they do and learn from them as age groupers, you do not see Jan Frodeno or Lucy Charles or any of our, of our top swimmers wearing a garment in the pool, unless they're doing a 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 time trial where sometimes you can lose laps and you don't want to like cheat and cut 25 short so there is a time and place to wear it then. I agree where we may need to wear it then. Um, the other, I guess, um, feedback we had was that how do you count your laps? How do you upload your training peaks? And how does your coach know you're doing the session? Um, kind of ridiculous, and I'll explain that. So, uh, And also, how do you time yourself? So firstly, you can use a regular stopwatch um, at the end of the pool, um, attached to a water bottle that uses a timer. You can buy a stopwatch and dangle that on your water bottle or have it at the end of the pool but most freaking pools guys if you're swimming in a proper pool they have clocks and you need to learn to read it and i know some of you are short-sighted and you may not read that so that's the thing, have a stopwatch at each end of the pool and use that. The other thing that came up in camp was a lot of the athletes with the Garmin's. they had no idea what their cycles were. They didn't know what their fastest 50 flat out or their 100, 50, 100 flat out is. They wouldn't know what pace they could hold if I said do 2100's best time because their brain's not being worked, they're not using it and they're focusing on their freaking Garmin the Garmin is also one or two seconds behind. Like it, when you hit it, it takes a few seconds to register. It's very inaccurate. If you're using heart rate, that's very inaccurate without a chest strap. And a chest strap for swimming is just frankly annoying. Um, just There's just a plethora of reasons why they're just not ideal. The big one too that comes to mind is when you're wearing a Garmin, you are being lazy. You're not using your brain, but you're also not thinking like a swimmer. You're allowing the clock to do all the work, you're not understanding your time cycles. You're not knowing what time you're really coming in on because it's pretty inaccurate. Um, and you're not understanding and learning your paces because you're just relying on this data. But also, is that limiting ceiling where you're constantly gauging yourself? Like there's sometimes where. I don't even see what I'm coming in on on the clock. I just take to 10, 10 second rest and go. That, that's the thing too because you don't want to always be comparing yourself, this whole world, like we're always comparing ourselves to, to everyone around us and sometimes it's nice to just not even actually look at a clock or look at your garment. Um, it also interferes with every single lap and every single workout because you're constantly trying to hit it. Um, people worry about hitting their watch before they worry about hitting the wall. That's another thing. Um, there's just so many, so many, so many reasons. And another thing about loading to training peaks, hell, that's what comments in training peaks is. Let me turn off my oven, you guys. I'm baking a gluten-free banana bread. I'm just going to quickly turn that off. need to check that it's, uh, yeah, let's have a look here. Ooh, I think it might be ready. looks pretty damn good. Um, so I can kind of bake, not that well, but I love gluten-free banana bread. Melissa Etheridge's recipe. It's bloody amazing. Um... So you guys need to learn how to write your comments or your times in Training Peaks. And we're not expecting you to remember every single time um, that you do in training. Like Personally, and if you ask any coach, if you're doing a 3100s best time set on, say, a two-minute cycle or a 140 cycle, we don't want to see every single 100 for the 400s. We don't care and we probably won't look at it. But we'd like to know what your average was. And most of you being fit and consistent should know, oh, I was hitting like 120s, I got down to 117 for five of them, and then the last five I blew up and maybe hit 123. Like that's what we want to know. We don't need to see every single cycle. And most of you should be able to remember what your fastest 50 was. If you're doing like 2050s and then 20 hundreds and then a few 25s, you should be able to gauge like and remember what most of them were. Like you should know and if you hit a PR like, oh, my best was a 15 second for 25. Oh, today I hit a 14. Write that in training pinks Okay, so that's my little go to for the feedback on wearing the garment in the pool. Um, there is a caveat that when you're doing a time trial, especially when we Seri gives us a three point eight K time trial. I say we, I don't do them anymore, but sometimes you can miss laps. So then would be a time that you would want to wear the garment, just so that you know um, that you've done the right amount of laps. Okay, that would be the that would be the time to wear it. So there you go. That's my little feedback on wearing the garment in the pool. And if you can think of any top swimmers in the sport that wear their garments in the pool, let me know. I want to hear your pushback on this because I'm really staring by my by my response. Um, but if you want to be lazy and you don't want to think like a swimmer, okay, and you don't want to become a swimmer and understand your times, keep wearing that garment. But you, I, I can tell you right now it's not going to help with improving as much as it would of getting rid of it and actually learning your cycles and learning to swim off the clock. So... There's my rant now. Um, what else? I was going to talk about uh, long runs. We had a lot of feedback too on my long run post. It was all really positive. Um, but There were some people not understanding why I said only run two and a half hours for your long run. So I'm going to address that too. It's very, very important. Um, firstly, even the top pros, there's not many that go over two and a half hours. And I agree. Like people say, well, the pros will run the marathon in two and a half to three and a half hours. So, you know, why do they need to run any further? Well, no one does. Um, and while we don't have age groupers running more than two and a half hours, because firstly, your heart is a muscle. It takes a long time to recover cardiovascularly and muscularly as well. Pressure on the legs. There's more chance of injury, anything above two hours. And recovery for a two and a half hour run is way longer than the recovery for, say, a two and a half hour bike. Um, you can get, as I said, your heart and your lungs. Don't have a clue what exercise you're doing. They just know that you're getting a a two-and-a-half-hour cardiovascular benefit, right? They don't know. You do get the weight-bearing on your legs in a a two-and-a-half-hour run, but you can get the cardiovascular adaptation and endurance and training and heart and lungs from doing a five-hour bike ride or a four-hour bike ride rather than a four-hour run. Okay. The other thing, recovery from a two and a half hour run takes so long. Even two and a half hours. You go above that, it really starts to accumulate, accumulate even quicker, right? Um, and it's it's compounding. And a recovery from a two and a half hour run, no matter how slow you go, even if you are a pro, um, it's going to take a couple of days. And for you age group guys that that struggle in the run a little bit or aren't, you know, running isn't your strength, and maybe you're only going to cover, say, gosh, I'm trying to think, like twenty kilometers in the two and a half hours. Or less. Um, that's still it's still um, all relative to you, and that compounding and the pounding in your legs um, is still going to massively affect your training. And then you're not going to be able to back up with these high intensity strength runs, speed runs, threshold runs, high intensity aerobic runs during the week because you're so smashed from your two and a half hour runs. So remember, you can get the aerobic conditioning on the bike. You can get um, the uh, the the improvement in run fitness. From that high-end high aerobic runs, from those threshold runs, from the speed runs that you're going to be recovered from because you're not going above two and a half hours. I actually recommend probably more like two, two fifteen hours max. Um, you may do two and a half, one or two times, but you would be very careful for the recovery of the week after that. You wouldn't do a high-quality run session for quite a few days after that because you're going to be pretty dead even if you don't feel it. Your heart it gets bruised every time you do a half marathon and a marathon. Anything over two hours, you get a very... Uh, muscle bruising in your legs, you get DOMS, like uh, microfiber tears, but you also get bruising of your heart, right? And also your glycogen stores can only store enough um, glycogen um, energy stores for an hour and a half, about 90 minutes. So you're starting to deplete that. You're starting to go into muscle depletion, and you may even start into – some of you that are really lean will start using protein as energy, which you do not want. You're burning through muscle. That is not healthy. Okay, uh, I think I've pretty much touched on everything I needed to for that – um so heart and lungs don't know the exercise they're doing so doing the long ride benefits your long run one million percent you're going to get the, still get the pounding in your legs over two hours um you're still going to get that conditioning in the ligaments tendons muscles less chance for injury too because anything over two hours you're going to start to get more niggles more injuries the recovery is way longer um and what else did i say um you can get your quality runs in during the week, right? So, for example, a quality run like or even a feel-good run would be turnovers. Um, the end of a long run, a good thing to include after a two-hour run is technique under form. So we call it tough technique under form. I stole that off Brett Sutton. So you'd add like 10 by 20 seconds fast, 40 seconds rest. Just cadence work to teach good technique, focus on technique? Um, And when I say fast speed work, that's like way above race pace. Like if your race pace is seven miles an hour, you'd be doing it at nine or 10, right? And 40 seconds rest stop. So it's not actually a session. Your heart rate doesn't come up, but you're focusing on technique and speed. Uh, Other sessions you would want to include um, when you are recovering from your long run because you're not going crazy over two and a half hours or even two hours, 15, um, is threshold work. So three minutes, one mile, one kilometer is... Um, sets at way above race pace if you're just constantly running at your goal race pace you're not going to improve as much as running above your race pace so if your half marathon goal race pace is like a 140 half marathon you want to be hitting well below 140 for your efforts you could start them as a minute efforts at say say 140 for a 21k might be or it's just over what is it 50 Oh yeah, it's just on um fifty one forty. Yeah, it's five minute K pace or a little bit a little bit slower. Um uh a little bit slower. So um or actually a little bit quicker. So you would do your race pace efforts and if that's fast, if five minute K is fast, five minute K pace is fast, um you do one minute at just below that and then build up to two minutes to just below that. Five to ten of them. And then build up to three minutes. At just below that race pace, then build up to one k as one mile as, and as you get adapted to that speed, then increase it. Go to four thirty k pace and do one minute efforts, two minute efforts, three minute efforts, one k efforts, one mile efforts, and just build that up. The, the great thing about our training plans is these blocks. These four week blocks, we usually work three week build, one week recovery. These sixteen week programs are four week blocks, three week build one-week recovery most of the time with a race simulation four weeks out, eight weeks out, 12 weeks out, 16 weeks out for a half. For a fall, we have a 23-week plan, and they reverse. we reverse engineer all our plans so that it lands on race day. You have like a 10-day taper, and Ironman is more like a two-week taper. Um, and you do key race simulations for eight, 12, 16, and 20 weeks out from your race. So, boom. There you go. I hope that helped you guys. I really wanted to come on and say this, and I hope that um, this is going to be converted to a live podcast too because I think it's really important um, to address this, and I really want to um, help educate people that you don't need to run a marathon in training. My tip of the day takeaway is you don't need to run a marathon in training to do a marathon um, in a race because you're doing freaking five, six-hour bike rides. You have to get that in. If you're going to take seven hours on the bike, in a race. I don't recommend doing 7 hours every freaking day in training, okay? Or every even every week you might get 5 or 6 in and say the race day is going to take you 7. That's okay. Cuz you have that aerobic conditioning for 5 or 6 hours, you're going to be okay, all right? But do do a short runs off the bike. Like brick runs off the bike is another great way to improve marathon. Okay? Brick runs off the bike. Like do higher intensity efforts off a long bike under fatigue at above race pace, above your goal race pace. Even if you can only do it for three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, try doing like one set we would do would be eight one-milers at above race pace effort. Like don't just try and run your goal race pace off the bike. Okay, you want to run quicker than that. And if you have to break it down to smaller intervals, that's fine. Okay, that's a great way to get a better marathon. You have to practice running off the bike as well. So um, the other takeaway, banana bread is great, gluten-free, mm, I can smell it, I'm going to go eat that. And the third thing is, it's not gospel to wear your, to not wear your Garmin in the pool. I agree. Some people just want to do it because they want to be lazy and they don't want to think like swimmers. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Our way is our way and it's not. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, use it when you want to be lazy and if you have to, but I highly recommend not to. And if you're doing a time trial, then maybe you do need your Garmin to uh, count your laps for you because that can get. I used to lose count all the time, so I get that. <laughs> all right, guys, have an amazing night. I hope that helped you guys. Always ask questions. Post them on the wall.